Do you feel like everyone is yelling at each other, but no one is listening to each other or themselves? I'm Kira Davis, host of Just Listen to Yourself, a weekly exercise in critical thinking and drawing our talking points all the way out to their logical conclusions. Because I believe when we take the time to examine our own talking points, we can realize we're not always saying what we think we're saying. Download Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, my friends, Andy at the Andy Falco Show, coming to you live uh, on a Saturday night, 7.30. And uh, again, I was planning on taking the weekend off, but um, there's just no break in the news and what's happening to law enforcement and to um, areas of our country that have a lot of crime. Uh, The only people that are going to suffer from people that have no idea what it is they're talking about in regard to law enforcement and crime and what's happening in these um, low-income communities uh, are are going to get people killed. And that is just a shame. And I, I'm really not that sure. Um, again, I've sat down a couple times to kind of structure the book that I'm, I'm writing. Uh, I started writing it before all this happening uh, started happening. And... Um, uh wow it is (laughs) number one defunding and dismantling law enforcement is not the solution um the people that don't want you to defund and dismantle i'm telling you are the people living in the low income high crime areas of our country uh they're looking at everybody else like they're crazy and i know that you may find this uh odd and you may think that i'm talking out of my but, but I'm telling you that I have worked in really high crime areas, uh, and uh, in the in the during the Rodney King riots, I was and I've and I've done investigations that's led me to South Central Los Angeles, and um, it is it is so different than what commentators on the news think that it is. Uh, it is so different than even the attorneys that are the uh, representatives of the criminals that have either been killed or hurt by police officers. It is different than even maybe even some lieutenants, captains and chiefs of police that they've forgotten. And this happens a lot. We know this as police officers that have worked the streets, that they often forget what it's like to work on the streets. And um, there was a couple directions I was planning on going um, as I decided to do this show. Again, another impromptu show where I came on, come on and I, and I just want to talk about a few things. Uh, and I want to bring up some old subject matter because... Uh, some of these areas, I told you this was going to happen. And I told you that, um, that, you know, what happened last night in Atlanta was going to happen and that officers need to make a decision if they want to take a chance. Again, we used to take a chance on surviving the night. That's all we had to worry about, right? We'd, we'd, uh, get in our uniforms. Some of us get in the uniforms at home and then we drive our police cars from our home. That's what I did for many years. Uh, and then later on, then I would get dressed in the locker room and then pick up my police car in the back lot. But it's that that choice to drive to work, to put on the uniform, 
the vest, the thing that people say looks makes us look like we're military, uh, putting the gun on our side, which again, now people are all of a sudden offended by that we're wearing a gun uh, and all the other equipment that we had to wear because uh, we knew that at some point we may need uh, to be protected from a bullet that's being shot in our direction or have to pull our gun to protect ourselves or the lives of other people that are in danger. And that choice to go out there was only the choice to go out there knowing that we may be killed. That was the only thing we used to have to worry about, really, right? We worried about getting in trouble or making the wrong decision, doing the wrong thing. Of course, we thought about it, but we were, we were fairly confident in our training, especially here in California, that we had all the tools and resources that we needed to, to solve a problem. Uh, we had re, you know certain types of um, uh, forms that we would use. We had certain... Uh, um, you know, programs available to us. We had uh, social workers we could call. We had uh, child um, welfare services that we could call. Uh, we had, uh, you know, fire departments and paramedics that we could call when we needed them. There's a lot of resources that are available to us when we're out in the street to, to solve problems on a moment's notice. Every call is different. We would sometimes have to be a counselor. We'd sometimes have to be uh, very aggressive. Sometimes we'd have to be a, a father to a child uh, because their parent either uh, got murdered or uh, is critically injured. And now we're having to take care of this child. I mean, there's so many you don't know. Right. One minute you're having coffee at 7-Eleven with your buddy. The next minute you're trying to breathe life into somebody who is dying uh, to the next call. We're going and we're trying to solve a family problem to the next time we're trying to solve a parent who can't handle their, you know, their teenage uh, uh, son or daughter um, who yells and screams at them and, and has punched the mom in the face. And, and we're going on. And again, this is our choice. I'm not trying to tell you that you need to be sad for us. I'm just telling you that there's a lot going on and you have people every night, you have people making decisions for us that have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm going to address two things. The, the, the two things I want to make sure and address, and these are the most common things you hear on news, is that they're going, we're going to get rid of no-knock warrants. That is, they're horrible. They get people killed. Uh, that is such BS. The no-knock notice, no-knock warrant was has been used and be, began to be, begin used because people were dying when we did knock. And that's where the no knock it's, I don't know what it is that where they think they, they you know, they have this case where I think it's Brianna is her name. Uh, and I've looked at the case. I've looked at the incident. I've looked at what happened. She was a drug, a known drug dealer. Her boyfriend was a known drug dealer and they were serving this warrant. They were known to be armed and dangerous. And the no knock was so that they could make entry before they had a chance to get armed. And we can, we law enforcement, law enforcement can make entry and, and hopefully get to them and handcuff them and take them into custody before a gun fight occurred. That's always the hope because we knew and they were right that if they knocked that gunshots would begin to ring out. And so it was an, an attempt that failed, right? It was a failure only in the sense that they, they did not get to the boyfriend before he started shooting and actually shot one of the police officers. And then of course they returned fire. And then in the end, a young girl was killed. Um, and that's that unfortunately, Hey, I mean, nice to see you. That unfortunately is law enforcement. And I, and I've talked to you about it. We, I'm sad that the young girl got killed. It was an unfortunate incident that has happened on uh, another call that I was on where we were chasing somebody into LA and uh, the sergeant that I worked for at the time, um, the, the car became disabled. They, they were pursuing. I had pursued it for a little while, but I had to back off because there were, again, there's decisions that are made about pursuits. Uh, I backed off. He continued. My sergeant did. Uh, the vehicle, uh, I think, became disabled. The 
Um, the suspect comes out with a, with a gun. Uh, the sergeant comes up with his gun. The girl somehow, for whatever reason, comes out of the vehicle at that moment. And he ends up shooting the girlfriend, right? And then again, horrible situation, but he didn't intend to kill the girl. It, 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 it was, it, 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 things happen so quickly. This is police work, right? And, and things happen. All right. So the no, not just back to the no, knock no, the intention of the no knock warrant is to save lives, not to take lives. And these decisions that I already saw one department that said, we're never doing that again. We're not using no knock warrants. And you just go, where, what? And it was the chief of police who made this decision. Okay. So now they don't have that ability. Now, you know, they get warrants to go after somebody that's armed today. And now the, okay, we got to, now we really got to go there armed. We have to be really prepared for somebody to begin shooting because now we have to knock. Now who are we going to get the knock, right? Get the chief who made the decision, like I said the other day, or one of the, you know, the mayor, the, the, the governor, have them go knock on that door that has somebody inside with a gun. Um, or the other thing, we just stop serving warrants and we don't fight crime in these areas. That really is what these decisions are coming down to is that what do you want? Do you want law enforcement to fight crime, to rid our community of criminals who are armed and dangerous, selling heroin and methamphetamine to our children, who are, are raping people, who are murdering people, who are, uh, you know, have gang warfare where they're taking land, much like they're doing in Seattle. I know they, I know they're peaceful protesters. I know, but they're taking people's land, right? You, we, we just, that we either accept that and that becomes part of our life, right? That we just now there's, there's no more law. There's no more criminals, right? We have, a bunch of people that don't live in these areas of high crime, making these decisions, taking over areas of Seattle uh, and hate cops and cuss out cops and call them MFers. When in fact, the people that they're, they're, they're saying that they are trying to protect are the low income areas, which they are killing themselves. And they, my stats, I, I, I told, talked about yesterday, Chicago in 2019, 231 people were murdered in 2020. In just six months, 239 people are murdered. Uh, are you... The, the person there in uh, Chaz, are you are you now you're, you're saying, OK, you can do law enforcement better than the people that have been trained to go into that that city. So we're going to designate you to go into that city and protect those people in Chicago. How about you go there and you don't wear anything in regard uh, to, uh, you know, body armor. You don't go there with any guns. You go there and you tell them to stop shooting each other. I want to see how far you're going to get and how <laughs> respected you are. I, I don't, we don't, we, I, I'm really, I'm dumbfounded. I'm looking at this incident in Atlanta that happened yesterday. And again, you know, I, and I hate to say this because people get upset about it, but George Floyd was not being in, being contacted just because these cops were racist. Now, could the officer that is being now charged with murder, could he be racist? Absolutely. But he wasn't there because he was racist. He was there because he was called to be there because George Floyd was committing a crime. Whatever you want to think about trying to pass a, a phony $20 bill, whatever that is, he has a history of criminal activity. He has been a robber. He's been arrested and convicted of, of these criminal offenses of putting a gun on a pregnant woman's stomach and threatening to kill her and her baby, unborn baby, right? He's not he wasn't a nice guy and sad that he got killed in the way he did. And that's a, and, a, and it shouldn't have happened. And the officer rightly so is being arrested, has been arrested and he's being you know charged whether he's going to be convicted or not. I don't know, but he's being charged, right? All that is what it is. But again, it's not because the officers involved in this case went there just to kill a black man. All right. In the end they did, but they didn't go there 
intending. Just the same as the officers last night in Atlanta didn't go to that fast food restaurant uh, because uh, they were looking for that man that eventually died at the hands of one of the police officers. They went there because he was, uh, they were called because they said there's a drunk man falling asleep in the drive. As, uh, this is information I have so far. I could be off. It could change. But you have a drunk guy asleep in a car in a drive through and the people call and say, hey, can you come get this guy? He's drunk in the car. They get him out. Um, I heard a story, you know, one story that they gave him a field sobriety test and he failed and they were going to hook him up. You have uh, these attorneys that came on and said they never, it's just out of the blue, they decided to arrest him. There was no reason to arrest him. Uh, and now that's why he was fighting because he was afraid for his life. Either way, they didn't show up there just out of the blue to pick on a poor black man. That's not what happened. They were called there because of some reason, whatever it was, whether he's drunk or not drunk. In the end, whatever happened uh, as to I was taught as a kid that when the cops tell you to do something, you lay on the ground, you lay on the ground. You put your hands behind your back when they tell you to put your hands behind your back, um, that you respect them, that the last thing you want to do is fight a cop, right? That was what we were all told as kids going up is that you respect cops. You don't fight with them. But what happens in this case, the, the guy decides to fight and takes on two cops. If you watch the fight, he actually did a good job of, 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 uh, of, of winning uh, because we have a, an extra 20 to 30 pounds of equipment on us and we're trying to protect the weapons that we do have on us. But he ends up taking one of the weapons away. It's a taser, right? It's a taser. Can a taser kill you? No, but the use of the taser on a police officer that's armed with a gun is deadly, right? If, if you take and shoot a taser to a cop who's already now been into a fight, I don't know if his nose got blood. I don't know what's happening. But in this fight, you're, you've already been proven that this guy is a, a, a strong combatant, that he just took on two of us that are trained to fight, but yet we're running out of this equipment. And as police officers thinking, shoot, this guy <laughs> just won and took one of our weapons, right? A, a weapon, although not deadly in the sense of it being able to kill you necessarily, it has been known to kill people from time to time, but it's really not known as a deadly weapon. Then he has taken that weapon. And if he tases us with that thing, he can now get the weapon that's on our body that can be used as a deadly weapon. That, that's a thing that most of these people don't think about. They're saying that, well, they shot him and he didn't have a deadly weapon. No, but in the use of that deadly weapon could take advantage of us and now put us in the position where we, can, where we could die. We didn't take this job to go and, and purposefully put ourselves in a position to die. We're, we are trained to fight to take somebody into custody. In the end, our job is to take a bad guy into custody. Well, they could have negotiated with him. They could have you know, suggested to him that he see some counseling. Where did that ever what, when, when could that have happened? That's, that's what I heard the attorney saying, that they should have just talked to him. Well, no, they had made a decision to arrest him. At the time they decided to arrest him is when he fought. Where was this counseling session supposed to take place? When they, when they were on the ground on their back and he had taken their taser and he was punching them in the face and the body. At that point, they go, okay, listen, let's stop all this. Uh, I have this, um, you know, this pamphlet I want to give you instead. I, wh what the hell happened? When did this happen? Okay, again, he's a black man. So, so now we're going to make a decision. Again, I'm telling you that the people that are in low-income black neighborhoods are not wanting this. But it, it, is, is it to the point now that now police officers cannot arrest black people who are committing crimes? Is that where it's come down to? Well, we have to do a better job. We get so, I'm telling you, we get so much training. The equipment most officers wear now are as a, are a result of trying to save lives, not take lives, 
right? The addition of the taser was to save lives so that we did not have to take lives. The addition of uh, the other tools that we, you know, I've carried nunchucks, I've carried straight sticks, I've carried PR24s, I've carried um, all kinds of other tools. And every time we have a tool assigned to us, it's not to take lives, it's to save lives. Every training session we go to, it's to save lives, not to take lives, right? Uh, every uh, new program that comes to a police department that we have to be aware of, that we get training on. They, there's hardly, they, most departments struggle with having people on the street because so much training takes place. And, and for the, all these people to come on all the time and saying, well, the police, everything needs to happen with the police. Everything needs to train, change with the police, everything, right? There's nothing that's ever said that, how about these, these morons that are, have been mayors and their and their um, uh, their political parties have been in charge of most of these underprivileged areas for decades. Has never thought. Well, we also have to fix the crime problem. It's never the crime problem in these areas. It's always the police problem. Right? It, it's a two way street. If we could fix the crime problem, there wouldn't be as many problems in the police side of things. The police are so badly understaffed, and now you want to even make them more understaffed. Right. Is that's that's what we want. Right. They, they want to now have less officers. Only in these areas where they need more officers. And the people making those decisions have never lived in those areas. They may have lived in some of them, maybe grown up and now they're gone. But now they live in a much better situation. And so they're not using their heads that now instead of 400 officers in a very depressed area of a city, now you're only going to have 200 officers because you've defunded the police department. Do you not see the problem with that? That there's not enough officers now because you're having hundreds of homicides in all these areas, hundreds of robberies, hundreds of stabbings, hundreds of um, rapes, hundreds of other types of crimes that are causing victims. And you're going to be present less with your law enforcement. You're going to reduce the presence of law enforcement. You're going to take away body armor. You're going to take away uh, the weapons that they need to survive. You're going to do that. And you're not going to address the problem in regard to crime. You're ignoring the problem with crime. Nobody's ever brought up the issue. Only I have that I know of. There may be a couple others, uh, and I haven't seen them. But nobody's bringing up the issue that, that, that we still are going to have crime. You're going to defund law enforcement. You're going to take away all their tools. You're going to make them carry flowers and pamphlets around. And you're going to put more social workers that are going to respond to some of these calls. Right? You're going to send social workers to domestic violence the most deadly and dangerous call a police officer can go to, you're going to instead now send a social worker instead of armed police officers. That's what you're going to do. And, and, and in these robberies that are in progress robberies, you're going to send a social worker instead of a police officer who's armed and equipped to handle an armed robbery. I, I'm really not sure how all this is going to work. You've not thought that, Hey, let's ask these officers that have been doing this job for a very long time, how to get the bad cops out identify the bad, cat, bad cops and, and, and take them out so that the good cops can do what we would have intended uh, to take in the job so that we can do the job intended. And that is to reduce crime, to save lives and to have people grow, be able to go outside at night as opposed to being shut in at night, to be able to take a dog for a walk in the evening and go to a park without worrying about being assaulted or being shot in a drive-by shooting, or that you can drive your car from one light to the next without somebody coming up and pointing a gun at you and taking your car. That's what the goal is. It's always been the goal. It's not to go out there and kill people. The goal has been to make the life better for people in these communities, not make the life worse. 
by reducing officers, by reducing the equipment, by reducing the things that we we know work, right? There, there's nothing wrong for law enforcement to come in there and and have more barbecues and time together and and, and programs where you're working with them while we're still wearing our uniform. And you know, the, the one thing also is that between a police officer and the criminal elements, we've always had we always had this understanding, right? We have a bunch of people again. I'm just going to go to what I see. I look at these people. There are people sitting, and they're they're you know, especially now because most of these um, commentators, most of the uh, the reporters are in their living rooms or in their homes, and behind them you see these these spacious homes with bookshelves and books, and you see um, all, you know very they're living in these in very nice, right? And and, and and very comfortably. Their kids go to private schools and they talk about their kids going to college and universities, that kind of stuff, right? And, and they're, but they're saying, you know, how horrible it is that the police are just nasty, horrible people. But they've never really gone out. They, they, okay, let get in the car. Let us drive you to South Central LA. Let's drive you to downtown Chicago in one of the nastiest areas where crime. I, I want you to go there and and they're going to say, do I get any body armor? No, you don't get body armor. No, you, you don't want us to wear body. You, you don't get any, right? Come with us. Well, no, I've had people literally in Anaheim, and I worked in Anaheim, which had a few really high crime areas, but not to the extent of, uh, you know, South Central. Although as a detective, I worked in South Central. Um, I've had people literally, and this is, this is a true story on a four occasions that I know of, and I didn't like to take ride-alongs very often because they kind of cramped my style and didn't allow me to do the job I wanted to do. But on four different occasions, I had the ride-along at some point say, all right, I've had enough, take me home. I can't, I can't do what you do. One was a reporter for the Orange County Register. Uh, uh, one was a business owner, uh, maybe two are business owners, and one was a teacher. Uh, in uh, the one of the one of the schools in, in one of the neighborhoods, she wanted to see how her how her students lived and, and what happened at night. You know when the kid would go home, and four times I had them, and one was only with me for two hours. One of the reporter from Orange County Register was with me with two hours, and she said, "Listen, I can't do this anymore. I don't know how you do this every day for twelve and a half hours a day, but I cannot do it. Can you take me back to my car? I'm about ready to throw up." And we'd only answered four calls but they were high speed calls to robberies in progress, people with a gun. And I was driving on the opposite lane of traffic to get there as quickly as I could so I could save life, right? I didn't go there so I can kill somebody. I was driving quickly and in a, in a manner that got me there safely, but it was nothing that the person in the passenger, passenger seat can handle. And then she didn't want to get out a couple of times because she thought it might be too dangerous. I said, well, you can get on this one. You can kind of just stand back here. And she goes, no, I'm going to stay in the car. That's what most people, the people, that's what the, the, and that's a reporter, right? And so you have not, some reporters go to military war. I understand that, but there's a lot of them who are reporting and telling you things that they know nothing about. They would never put themselves in the position to go to a, um, a, 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 a shots fired in progress call where people are fighting to the death with knives and bats. Uh, and yet we are driving there on a, on a regular basis. And yet the people that are telling you how horrible cops are, would never go there. And they're saying, well, they could have made a better decision. They could have, they could have done this. And instead of chasing the guy down, they should have let him go. Uh, that's not our job. Our job is not to wrestle and fight with somebody and then let them go. Well, they should let him go. No, that's not our job. Our job is to catch the guy, to go in pursuit. And as we're pursuing, he turned and was going to shoot the taser at us. My job is not to get shot with a taser. Right. My, and then say, well, they could have used equal force. It's never been that way to use equal force because the guy, if somebody go and runs and grabs a rock 
And I, as a cop, I don't have a rock on me. Like, oh, well, shit, he has, only has a rock. And, and now I have to look for a rock because I have to have equal force. Never in law enforcement has it been that. If that's what you want it to be, then you make a law that we can only use equal force. If a guy grabs a rock, now the cop only has to, and the rock cannot weigh more than the rock the other guy has, right? Is that what you're trying to tell me? And this was one of the attorneys for the, unfortunately, the dead uh, suspect who turned the taser on a cop and he got shot. He turned the taser. Well, he was you know 10 feet away, 20 feet away, 30, whatever it was. Yes, but our job is to catch the guy and to take people into custody. Well, in this case, it was a black man and uh, we're in a really bad uh, situation right now where they should have let, no, that's not, that's not the mindset, right? We've been, we've trained that we are to arrest the bad guys to arrest. Well, he was, you know, he was only a drunk. Well, he's a drunk that fought with a cop and took his taser. <laughs> where did we lose this? Where, where did we uh, lose our common sense and our logic, right? Um, quite often hear this, uh, this uh, said, I don't know if you do, in the law enforcement, you, you hear it all the time because this happens to bad guys too. Bad guys bring a knife to a gunfight. What does that mean? Well, you bring a knife that can be used to kill me because a person can pull a knife and charge at us from 20 feet away and stab us before we can get our gun out, right? That, that is something we're trained. We watch video after video after video. Never hesitate when you see somebody with a knife because they will kill you, right? That's what we are told and that is true. A person has the, the other person always has the advantage. The suspect always has the advantage, not the cop. That's why we wear body armor. That's why we have all the tools that we have on us because we do not have the advantage. We are at a disadvantage. We are going into a war zone or to a fight or to a, a situation where the person that we are contacting is thinking, I'm going to kill this cop as soon as he gives me the opportunity to kill him. We cannot read his mind, right? We only can respond to his actions at the time that he decides to take action. We cannot read his mind that he's going to turn suddenly with a knife and, and decide to stab us. That's why we have distance, critical distance we talk about. That's why we have command presence to take command of a situation. That's why we look the way that we do, because we have to have that sense of, of, um, of authority. It doesn't always work, but we have to have that. So when somebody pulls a knife, it suddenly becomes a gunfight. And that's just the way that it has to be. He pulls a knife and now I pull my gun. He brought a knife to a gunfight. Why is that? Because we have to go above whatever the weapon is that they're using. We cannot do this equal thing. Because if he, if he pulls out a knife and we will never get the knife out, he will have the advantage of the knife fight. And we don't just, oh, he has a, wait, has a knife. Okay, wait, my knife is here. <laughs> he pulled a knife. No, you go right to the gun. I'm not wasting my time with a knife, right? We can't then wait for him to pull a gun and then only pull our gun out. If he has a 38, we can only pull a 38. We can't use a, uh, you know, a, an MP5. We can't use, you know, something else. Right. It has to be equal. No, it'll never be equal. It's not meant to be equal. It's it's or we're already unequal because the bad guy has the advantage. And so now to my last point, my my last point, rock, paper. <laughs> yeah, maybe rock, paper, scissors. Thank you for that. Um, uh, let me see what a couple people say, because I could be, uh, be speaking out and nobody says may begong. I'm not sure what any of that says. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? Uh, I don't think that was the, the recruitment brochure for the social workers. No, no, nobody told the social workers are going, what? You're going to have us go to a, a gunfight. What, what did that happen? If you're going to hang with the wrong crowd, you're making the choice to put the life in a dangerous place. Uh, the victims killed made a, a, a choice long before the bullet was fired. Exactly. 
again, the, the, the George Floyd thing is, uh, uh, is, is one of those things that I cannot defend the cop. I would never defend the cop. But again, you can't forget that he was a criminal, right? It, it, these things start not with the cop. I, I've, I've yet to see any of the incidents they talk about where the cop went out to hunt down a black guy or black girl and killed her. This, these were criminal activity where somebody got killed because of somebody's, somebody's choice and normally not the cop's choice. Normally not the, and I, I've yet to see one. The cops in Atlanta, they did not go there thinking they were going to, like me, I've gone to calls where it's a drunk, Passed out in a car. We, it happens all the time. Almost daily. You get at least one or two, right? You get a call. Hey, uh, we got a drunk guy. He's passed out. Can you come and move him? He's falling asleep at, uh, you know, uh, you know, Wendy's. He's falling asleep in his car in the, in the, in the drive-thru. Happens all the time. Where do drunk people go? Uh, quite often after they're drunk, they go to a drive-thru. Uh, almost always, right? And they, they it, while they're waiting, they pass out. It happens a lot. And I can tell you that when I've gone to those, they never ends up in a shooting. At least none of mine did. And so even those cops, I didn't think they would they would end up getting into a, a shooting. They were there thinking they were going to wake up a drunk guy and then call a cab, probably, or maybe arrest him for being drunk in public. It depends. Um, but in this case, they said, you know what, it, we're going to arrest him. And the, the fight was on. He pulled the, he, he took their taser. Right. He took their taser. And then they the, again, the cop's job isn't to let him go. The, dog's, the cop's job is to take him into custody. And, and, and you, you're going to hear these things for the next couple of days that, well, they should have let him go. Okay. That, that is a choice that can be made, but he had their taser. Where's he going to go with that taser? What's he going to do with that taser? He's drunk and he's angry. He just fought two cops and, and one and one, right? They're both on the ground. He takes their taser and now he's running. Is that guy now going to be a danger to somebody else? We don't know. Would you want him? I'm not going to ask all of you and maybe even ask the mayor or whoever else that if he leaves there, runs into your house, is that okay with you? Is it okay with you? Now, knowing what you know, you're going to say, yeah, of course, I would have brought him in. I would have got him made him some coffee. I would have sobered him up and then everything would have been fine. Do you know that for sure? We don't know that for sure. So that's why we don't let bad guys go, right? We catch them. And we arrest them. We tackle them. Sometimes it ends up in a fight. Police work is not pretty. The last thing, and I didn't get it to last time, and a minute ago when I said I was going to get to it, is that, and I didn't go into detail, and that is we as law enforcement and the criminal element of each one of our communities, whether it's Anaheim, Buena Park, Fullerton, Placentia, Los Angeles, Chicago, we all, listen, we know one another we understand one another and we know that some days we're getting along and some days we're not getting along. It's not the people that are, are out there, the people that are in uh, Chaz, right? The people that are in, uh, you know, Nashville that are thinking of creating their own Chaz over there. All those aren't, those aren't, those are people making decisions based on television, based on, uh, you know, um, you know, Grand Theft Auto, their video games. Most of these kids have spent too much time with their with their parents and didn't move out and learn how to be adults, right? Most of these people are have no idea what it is they're doing um, uh, in regard to um, experience in the criminal activity of things. They can go and spit on cops and they throw stuff now that they're you know they're being supported by forty or fifty other people. Now they're now they're badasses, right? Now they're throwing water bottles, but usually they're throwing water bottles with two or three people in front of them, right? Those are the brave people that are now making the decisions for the rest of us here in the United States. They're the ones who are going to say, you know, we're going to defund cops. Uh, these people that are hiding behind two or three rows of other people throwing crap and catching police cars on fire. You notice that they're doing it when the cops aren't around, right? 
they're, they're, they're catching them on fire when, you know, the cops are busy handling other stuff, more important stuff. They're not brave enough to do it with, you know, whether they're with the cops, right? These are people that are changing our society that are not the people that are involved in criminal activity nor law enforcement, right? We, as law enforcement and the criminal element, we totally understand each other. I, I have never... I'm trying to think. There was a kid in Cal State, Florida. I told you I got sued by a kid uh, that I arrested. He said that I beat him up. He was like 6'4". I'm 5'10". He was like 240 pounds of muscle and I you know, was not. And uh, he was trying, he, he sued me saying that I beat him up. <laughs> and um, that is not what happened. Anyway, I did take him into custody. I did take some uh, something he thought he bought was marijuana when in fact it wasn't marijuana. It was grass clippings. He got taken for about 140 bucks or something like that. He thought it was uh, grass and he decided to fight me uh, when I was hooking him up because I, I in the beginning thought it was grass and it, but it was grass. It was grass lawn, not grass marijuana. Uh, and I was sued by him, right? Another, another one of those kids, right? He's, he's going to Cal State Fullerton and got sued by him, but I never got sued by a criminal. I never got sued by any of the uh, child molesters, uh, the robbery suspects that my dog bit and, and, and bit incredibly badly um uh, car theft suspects um murderers that we arrested um uh, never got sued by any of them why why is that because we understand each other they're criminals <laughs> and we're cops and when if they don't if they just choose to fight they know that they're eventually going to lose at some point they're they, it's a it's a very good understanding it's like it's like MMA fighters, right? They go in there knowing. You don't ever see another MMA fighter sue another MMA fighter, right? Unless he's super dirty. There may be one in history, whatever. Uh, but um, never. Uh, the only other lawsuit that I nearly had was that when the mother of one of the criminals sued us, sued me, you know, in, in the city. Uh, but the suspect said, Mom, you know, I, I was in a stolen vehicle. <laughs> and I did fight the cops and I did get punched in the face, by, you know, by the cop. And I got bit by the police dog. Um, and then it got settled. But it was the mom, right? It's always the outsider who has this stuff. Oh, he should have never. He was, he's, he was going to be um, he's going to be a priest. He was going to work uh, with underprivileged children. No, he was an auto theft suspect who fought the cops and got bit and uh, got taken into custody and served, you know, four or five years in jail. But but that understand I didn't so we never got sued by the criminal element. Uh, the criminals are laughing, right? They're saying, "Look at these uh, suburbanite little children who who are still living with mommy in their uh, you know in their bedrooms, and they're all the ones out there causing all this ruckus, right?" Um, and but then you have this other criminal element that just says, "You know what? We're going to go take some televisions. Um, we'll let them do all that stuff. We're going to take televisions. <laughs> we're going to take uh, you know. I'm going to get some new furniture. I'm going to get some new clothing. I'm going to get some new Prada." Right. Those see, those are what's taking advantage of everything. They don't give a shit about any of this other stuff. They're going to go and they're going to take as much as they possibly can. Right. They don't give a crap. Right. They don't care about the cops. They're not they're not the ones. Right. But they're they're kind of enjoying uh, all this stuff because they're getting all kinds of stuff. Listen to me. Cops and criminals. We understand the game. We understand what's going on. Um, and so uh, this is all madness. Madness. Uh, the whole thing about the chokehold is, is so crazy. Uh, these are these talking points. Again, chokeholds as far as crushing the truck. You know, we've been told not to do that. But the carotid, right? The carotid has been used in, in wrestling, MMA, uh, jujitsu. It's used every day. Nobody dies from it. Uh, it's a very effective way to take somebody into custody without having to hit them with a, with a stick or a club or any kind of tool or tasering them. And then we obviously don't have to shoot them. If we can get them to get knocked out, 
and to take them into custody, handcuff them, it's perfectly fine. What they're doing is they're confusing what the uh, officer who got arrested for murder, or the knee on the neck, they're calling that a chokehold. That is not a chokehold. That is a knee on a neck to murder somebody. That's what that was called. That is, that is not a chokehold. And most of the time you put your arm around somebody to use a carotid uh, uh, restraint, that is not a chokehold either. That is a carotid restraint. Now, I understand they're taking it out. Uh, and this is the other problem is that now with that's, if that's no longer available, now we, we, we skip a step, right? So instead, we're fighting and we're losing. The neck is available. But you know what? I told I can't do that. I got to go to the gun. I got to go to the knife and then, you know, take the guy out that way because I can't do the carotid. It's illegal. If I use the carotid and God forbid something happens, I will go to jail. So instead now we have to go to the gun. We have to go to the knife and we have to now end the fight because if I don't, somebody's going to lose and it's not going to be me. I have kids. I didn't choose this fight. The criminal chose this fight. And so I'm going to choose the weapon that's after what would normally be the carotid, right? Normally the carotid would be the thing that would be the thing in between uh, fighting, losing, and then shooting and killing or stabbing and killing, cutting a throat, stabbing somebody in the kidney with a knife to, so you can stay alive. Uh, those are the choices you have. You just took away one of the tools that we have to save somebody's life. Is it used every day? No. Does it? Uh, again, it's used every day in the world because people that are used, doing MMA and all these other things, they use it all the time, um, jujitsu, to, to win a fight in, in, in a controlled environment, right? Uh, and it's very effective, but now they're going to take that tool away. They're taking the no-knock warrants, the carotids. Those are things that are were meant to keep people alive, not to kill people. And so we're going to use those. So um, this is crazy. I, I, I really uh, am worried about these. Uh, uh, the, the, the worst the, the, here in where I live, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth from the store. We don't see any protesters. We don't even see any smoke. We see nothing. We're, we're probably going to be fine here where we live now. Uh, I, I I hope I hope the criminal element doesn't come this way. The people that are going to suffer are those living in those areas of high crime areas, low income um, uh, barrios and um, uh, uh, black neighborhoods in Chicago and Baltimore. They're going to suffer the most and it's going to be very, very bad. And they do not know what they are doing. They're in Atlanta. Atlanta is going to burn. Um, and it's sad. Uh, that that that's not what they're thinking. Uh, and they the Democrats have been in power in those areas. They've had an opportunity to fix that part of it. The criminal element is what also needs to be addressed. You only, you're only, if you're only fixing cops and you're taking them away, you've now not fixed the other area. It's like it's like um, building a boat because you see the dam is breaking. Right. Well, why don't we fix the dam? You know, just. We, there, you know, if, if, if there's some easy fixes, not easy necessarily, but if there's some things we can do to fix the dam, to slow the leak, maybe, maybe not fix it entirely, but if there's things we can do to, to lessen the amount of water that's coming out, then maybe we don't have to build the boat. But what they're doing is that is we're, we're, they're doing something backwards, right? They're not fixing the threat. The threat is the criminal activity, the low income area, the, the, the fatherless homes, the uh, illiteracy, the, the horrible school systems, everything that's going along with it, the, the creation of welfare, the welfare states have been created, right? All of that is what's causing probably most of this problem, but that's not the thing they're addressing. It's, it's they're addressing the cops. <laughs> like, let's take away, let's take away everything that kind of keeps a lid on all this other stuff. We're going to take away the stuff that's going, that's going, that keeps people safe and not worry about what's actually killing people. There's more criminals killing other criminals 
than cops killing criminals. All right. Again, remember the cops are killing criminals. They're not killing. They're calling them innocent people, right? They're calling them innocent people, but they're not killing innocent people. They're killing criminals in the act of crimes and they're choosing their faith, fate, not faith. They're choosing their fate um, by, by not um, submitting, not putting their hands behind their back, not saying, okay, you got me, you know, let's go to jail. Let's work this thing out. I, uh, you know, can we do a better job sometimes of talking people down and telling them not to fight? Absolutely. That can be done, but that's not what they're addressing, right? They're addressing the wrong stuff. So um, that's what I want to come on today. When I saw what's happening in Atlanta and, and listening to the attorneys, the attorneys seem very intelligent too. Uh, you know, if I'm going to have an attorney so, and I'm a, and I'm a criminal, and I'm a bad guy. Uh, those, those, those are good attorneys. Uh, they're doing their job and they, they did it masterfully. And so I don't fault them um, because they said that their client, the guy who died is innocent. He wasn't doing anything. They should have let him go. Those are all the things that they should be saying. If you are an attorney and getting paid uh, by the family to, 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 you know, sue the city and sue the police officers, they're doing their job. Uh, I, I doubt that much of it is true because um, they were there for a reason. You can see on the video that he's fighting. You can see on the video that he took their taser and you can see when he's running, he turns and starts to point the taser at the, at the, at the officers and they shoot him. Um, so it's not like he wasn't doing, doing anything. He, he, he was doing something. He fought with the cops, took their taser and, and threatened to shoot them with it. And they used um, force to take him into custody. Um, so again, I, I just felt I had to come on and, and talk about this stuff because it gets out of hand and you're going to hear a, a lot of stuff. And I want you to kind of listen to what they're saying, go, Oh, it's not that I'm always saying that. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, this is a perspective that maybe you need to hear so that you can say, you know what? It makes sense. Cops aren't, they're not there to let people, to let criminal activity go, right? We're there to stop criminal activity. That is, that is, that's law enforcement, right? That is what we're, have been paid to do. That's why we have the tools and equipment and the resources that we have is to stop crime, to take people to jail, put them in jail, and keep them there for five, 10, 15, 20 years based on the crime that they commit. That's that's our system. And actually has been working much better recently. And, and all this is, is really weird because we've been doing a way better job at it. Uh, LA, LAPD is way better than it was when I first started. They had all kinds of stuff going on, right? If you remember the Rampart, uh, you know, stuff that was going on there, uh, LA County Sheriff had, uh, you know, essentially, you know, you know, had some problems. Um, I, I too much for me to probably say because I, I know a lot of LA County guys and they may get upset, but there was a lot, there was stuff going on, right? And it's so much better. We're way better now than we were before, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting even more improvement. We could do that, but you don't do it by taking money away and uh, dismantling police departments, especially not in Minnesota, who has a four rating uh, of criminal activity. Four, 100 is the best. Minneapolis has a four uh, uh, crime index, four. And they are they have voted to dismantle the, the police department. The only people that are going to hurt are the people that are underprivileged. All right. I went on way too long. I just, I had to get all that off my chest so I could get some sleep tonight. I probably won't. I haven't been sleeping very well the last couple of nights. Uh, I, I wake up and all this stuff runs through my head. And of course, I read stories and have to catch up because I don't want to say anything that, uh, you know, is completely false. I, I try to make sure that I research and, 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 and check on stuff and news stories and watch video and try to get all my ducks in a row before I come on. Because the last thing I want to do is come back on and say, oh, you know what? I had it wrong. Um, so far, I have been right. I, I, I told you, law enforcement officers, you're putting your family at risk by going to work. I'm telling you, and I know it's sad. I thought, and I have cops that have talked to me and say, yeah, you can't tell cops not to go to work. I'm telling you, 
that you're taking these cops that in Atlanta, they are going to probably be arrested, uh, at least one of them. And uh, for sure, they're going to be fired. Uh, and that is that you're taking a risk in some of these cities, not all cities like Brea, go to work, Anaheim, you guys go to work. Uh, you know, the surrounding areas, I, I don't see that problem here. But if you are in Minneapolis, if you are in Chicago, if you're in Los Angeles, if you are in uh, New York, 900, I think it's now, have, have put in their papers for retirement, something like that, 600 to 900 cops uh, in New York. Um, that's the right thing to do uh, because you're taking a chance. If you get in a fight with anybody and they hit their head and die, you, my friend, are going to be fired and you're probably going to be arrested and you're going to be charged with something in the act of doing what it is you've been trained to do. And that is to take the criminal element into custody and put them in jail. In that act, if they get hurt, nobody's going to protect you. Nobody's going to protect you. I can do all these Facebook lives, but I'm not going to be able to protect you. You are going to uh, be in a world of hurt. And I'm sad to tell you that I would, I thought I would never, ever tell a cop now to go to work because our duty is to protect the innocent. But you right now are and you're putting your family in danger um, of losing you. So there it is. All right. I hope uh, everybody has a good night. And again, I didn't talk about my sponsors. I've got to remember to do that. I'm horrible at that. All right, then. Uh, thank you for watching. I hope that I've not upset too many people. I've lost a lot of people than when I started. I had a lot of people on in the beginning. <laughs> I got Either I went on too long or I just depressed people on a Saturday night and they want to go out and party. All right. Thanks for watching. Whoever's still watching, I appreciate you very much. Uh, share this if you think it's worthwhile getting out there to help other people understand what law enforcement is going through. We are not the criminals. I promise you. There Are there criminal cops? Absolutely. They need to go to jail. I investigate them often often weekly i get reports and, and documents to investigate criminal activity by law enforcement trust me I, I am not coming from a place where i don't know that there's wrongdoing by law enforcement that is one of my jobs then i've done it for 20 years i know what i'm doing i do it well and i and i've identified those people that's what i do to keep crime down by keeping bad bad guys uh you know uh, you know uh, uh, in check with good law enforcement by also reducing the number of bad law enforcement officers that are out there. It's important. It's an important job that I do. And that is to take out those police officers that are making it hard for the rest of us who did it right and want to do it right. All right. That's it. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye. When you see someone who's struggling, it's natural to want to help. Fortunately, Pacific Source Health Plans has resources to do just that. Our member support specialists work to help our members meet real, everyday challenges like food insecurity and housing, isolation, stress, and difficulties with language. They even help with transportation, utility bills, copay assistance, and arranging home care. Our member support specialists are committed to your well-being and your privacy. Going beyond what's required. Just another way we put members first. Learn more at PacificSourceMembersFirst.com. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. 
For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.